to my show, everyone. What's going on? Hello, what's up, people? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenacast, the weekly podcast dedicated to conversations on faith and culture. We are your hosts. I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I'm Alan. And I'm Kat. I'm Mona's mom. And I am the one that's already been named Vicky. <laughs> as we as we mentioned uh, last week in our show, we are doing something a little bit different, and we are all in the same room together for the first time since we've started this podcast, along with some of our family members, uh, my wife Kat, and Alan's wife, and my sister Vicky. Same person. Same person. <laughs> and Mona's mom, and Alan's aunt, and yes, I don't. I don't think I know the specific i don't even former know former pastor's wife you're, okay yeah so former <laughs> former pastor's wife of my church uh mona's mom amy so hey, i was also mona's childhood friend i'm not yes. talking about you i'm For, talking about second. me since alan was the third person to come into my so life. the long story short is if we try to figure out how we're all connected it's going to get really complicated really <laughs> fast yeah so this but is i guess we can call this our irenicast family reunion family. or union because we've never had a union Our before union. to re yeah this so. is the first time we're all sitting in the same room the three hosts and so all six of kind of awkward right i'm it looking awkward. like right in your eyes right <laughs> now. i don't like it stop <laughs> making eye contact with me oh dear so this is going to be a little unconventional than usual we're just going to be talking and kind of basically we're inviting you into our living room to enjoy a family discussion literally on, we yeah. are on couches i'm sitting on the same couch as jeff and there's it's kind a lovely of tree in the corner it's yeah very nice. christmas tree still up yeah. smells good you might hear some toddlers running around right now they're enjoying uh, an episode of doc mcstuffins so yeah so how's everyone how's everyone doing we're we're together this is this is strange that i'm not staring at a computer monitor or uh or just down at the desk or fidgeting or something like that grandma and grandpa are in town right now and um grandpa loves home remedies and so he was showing my new brother-in-law how to use banana peels on your face for all kinds of ailments of course he was rambling them and he gave them a big bag of bee pollen <laughs> so so that they could procreate more. That's what he said. You want to have lots of kids, don't you? <laughs> he gave them a giant bag of bee pollen. I, I was eating uh, bee pollen in my cereal when I was in like third grade because of our grandpa. Yeah. He loves it. He swears by it. Well, he's 80 and he's still really spry. So there you he go. He is. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's knock that for sure. kind of a thing sure. to enter into the family. I'm pretty sure I had bee pollen within the first couple months and Oliveira somewhere drinking it and putting a banana peel somewhere. <laughs> so right a passage. One time I walked in the kitchen in their house and he was cutting up an entire aloe vera plant. You know how normally you take like one stalk? They had this huge one, I guess, was getting in the way of his car in the driveway. And so he was just chopping it up. I mean, there's this like green slime all over the entire kitchen counter. And he put it in this huge jar. And a couple days later, I walked into the bathroom and there was this giant jar of rotting aloe vera. And it started to turn brown. It was it was like a foot tall jar. And he walks he walks by, just um, kind of glances by and he goes, why aren't you kids using that aloe vera? You're going to get sunburned. <laughs> like grandpa. There's usually a mess involved. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, family. We're all we're all family here. and podcasts. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so what's it been like for you three who are not hosts to listen to us gab this long? Are you are you sick of us already? Well, have you listened to us? It's on okay. It's okay if not. What episode podcast? is this? Number five. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Something like that. That's my You're answer. So yes. <laughs> I have listened to every episode. Woo-hoo! So I feel like, well, obviously I get to see Jeff 
almost every day, but I feel like I've been hanging out with Mona and Alan once a week, which has been really nice. And I love listening. I get a lot out of it. It's one of my first things I listen to when I pull up my podcast on my way to work. I got so many good feelings right now. (laughs) Alan showed us this video last night about what happiness actually looks like. It's this you can describe it. Yeah, it's like I a can. GIF and it has, I don't know, a protein pulling like some chemical like endorphins along a filament inside of somebody's neo neocortex in their brain. Anyway, it's what <laughs> happiness looks like. It is pretty amazing. It's a molecular model. It made me happy And it's to really see it. cute. Yeah. I know. <laughs> happiness literally looks cute and happy. It's wonderful. It's computer generated though. It wasn't like they actually recorded yes. a tiny. Yeah, yes. Vicky, okay. it's <laughs> computer. Just to put that out there. Hey, what what is it? What is it like for you, um, having your brother and your husband talk on a weekly basis and, and give her gab cousin. and cousin don't forget about me and really good friend from your past friend, cousin, <laughs> husband, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you when you all first started, it was just really exciting that first of all you're putting yourselves out there and. That you're doing something you naturally did all the time. I know you guys have talked about this before, that you'd get together and have these discussions about theology and culture so freely and so comfortably. So might as well put a mic in front of your face. So it's not something new. No, it just, it came so naturally listening to you guys. Even though Jeff does edit, I know that it is very natural and it flows and your guys' conversations needed, I thought, to be heard by more than just a few listeners of the family that get tired of you once in a while. No, <laughs> um, I just flash back to like being in Denny's and it's like 1 a.m. and you're falling asleep and we're still talking. Yeah, so hours fun. go by and I, I try my best to stay involved in the conversation, but I do have other interests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How no, about I you, love Mom? it. Well, I'm kind of a fan because. It's so refreshing to have people be able to complete their thoughts and have time and space and margin to to actually think through things and talk about. If you listen to modern pop culture, the discourse disintegrates to the lowest, most base form of talking, like maybe those people on TV, The View or whatever. I don't really watch them, but your conversation elevates and draws out higher and better thoughts that people can have and i just i think that there's a place for that and more people should hear you guys i resisted the temptation to cut you off in the middle of that just to show everybody what that's like but i i'll cut you off by saying (laughs) by saying we did not pay anyone to say these things so i'm feeling incredibly refreshed by this thank you (laughs) you're not contentious either and i mean except in in a fun uh, bantering way you know you're not yes the listeners wanted you to fight more yeah that's been that was the biggest feedback originally is that we agree too much we agree too much we're too nice to each other we're too nice and also i can say being somebody somewhat in the same boat of leaving my evangelical roots it is very isolating and so to be able to turn on a podcast even though it's my family um, to be able to listen to something that gives voice to a lot of the things that I think and feel has been um, life-giving for me and I know I'm not the only one I know that there are a lot of people my age from churches I've gone to in the past that now are not going anywhere and are really looking for some way to have conversation and voice and be part of community. And so I think this provides that for people. 
including myself, and I find it very refreshing. I'm so glad. I think a lot of us are just kind of trying to figure out how to have a community in those ways. So that's that's really neat. It's funny. Some of this was started out for that, like creating some space even for myself to be able to talk about this stuff with people um, in a safe space. So that's that's cool that that's, that that's how you feel. I just started it because I didn't want to write and I'd rather talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think even people who are who are still like happy being involved in faith community, I think I hope it's just a space where people feel comfortable talking about hard issues and how do we just practice conversating? How do we practice having conversations? Kind of like what you said, mom. Yeah, so the moral of the story is if you want to stay connected to your family, start a podcast. That's right. It's done wonders for our family. <laughs> it has, yeah. Yeah. I feel really close to you guys, which is phenomenal because we live really far from each other and it's really hard to stay connected. Actually, everyone's so transient these days. And sometimes it's hard to always show up every week and get there on time and, you know, be a part of that. But it's been very rewarding for me to be able to be connected to both of you a lot more. I mean, especially you, Mona. <laughs> I, I know. We always had great conversations when we saw each other, but it was very few and very far between. I know. Today you walked in the door and I realized that I don't think I've seen you in person like three years or At something. Least. Yeah. Which I'm like, well, this Last is time weird. we all saw each other was basically the same time yeah. and we had an epic conversation yeah, during but Christmas. I, I feel like I know you more now than ever. Like I can tell now when you're like having a bad day and you don't want to be there because you drink extra coffee to compensate <laughs> and then you're super excited. And I'm yes. like, okay, Alan's not, doesn't yep. want to be here today. Cause he's like, well, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> That's actually true. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> See, I know. The you more know. I talk, the less I want to be there. Do you guys think having a podcast is almost like some sort of weird blob marriage relationship? I mean, you're saying you're getting to know Alan in a new, intimate way. Now you know each other. It's true. Your quirks, your tics. Yeah, I mean, I, like I, it. I guess if you spend time with certain people every week, that's going to happen. But yeah, I think like any building any kind of community, like you're going to rub shoulders every once in a while and be like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention before we get too deep into the conversation that mom actually has some radio experience. So Ooh. it's great to hear you have good feedback for us when you were like kind of a pro, you know, used to be, what did you used to do again? A DJ. Yeah. A DJ. You were a DJ? Yeah. DJ in college. That's so cool. Like DJ hip hop or something. <laughs> yeah. Did you, were you spinning some tables, mom? I actually spun tables. You did? <laughs> I did. Seriously? Literally. They, they had How did I not know They this? had vinyls up there. And you used to have to go to San Francisco to the FCC and and pass these electronic tests, elements one, two, and nine, to be licensed as a broadcaster. But not like three but now through they eight, don't. just one, two, and nine. Yeah. So would it be too forward to ask you to to give us a little bit of like an intro or or something, just to kind of give us a little taste she of, did the, it of the for radio me in the voice? Car. Will you please do it, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome on this beautiful day. We're broadcasting live on KCST. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners, and we uh, have a great show for you today. Nice. Aww, beautiful. Very that was so good. That was soothing. She does you know kind of remind me of Roz from Frasier, the oh, producer. Yeah. <laughs> a she little does, bit. a little bit. You got to teach me to do that, Mom. You know, I, I was already felt inadequate uh, speaking with Jeff and Mona and their radio voices. This is just making it worse for me. It's okay, Alan. You know my voice. <laughs> yeah, I don't ha have a voice for radio or a face for TV, so I got your back. 
Actually, oh, growing, growing up, I don't know about that. Growing up, but growing up in this family, I did fantasize about like learning to play the guitar or something and sing because your family's so musically talented. What you traveled Europe and sung with your sisters? No, is that's that, a gross overstatement. That way, that literally happened. No, it did not happen. <laughs> you did. <laughs> no, you did. Like we, not the we toured yeah, the country. The sound of music. No, listen, me and your family watched the sound of music. That's that all doesn't count. Wow. <laughs> Every family did, right? Me and my sister, me and my nope. sister and her friend toured the country. I put that in air quotes because that meant we booked like these vague coffee shop gigs, and a lot of times we were the only ones at the coffee shop. So we packed up my Prius and we drove across the country and like played at occasional stops. But, we but when had, you were in high school, didn't you do some choir thing where you went to Europe? Oh yeah, like my choir went to Europe and and sang. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So I actually not like did. we were invited. No, we like oh. we just decided to go there and then ask people if we were allowed to sing. So places. if I want to be a musician, I just start singing and don't ask permission. Isn't from that anyone. how it like, usually works? Exactly. <laughs> you get a street okay. corner and a bucket and you start making noise. I'm a musician starting today. <laughs> or Alan, you Got can it. just start singing in random public restrooms and see if you get discovered. That's kind of weird. Don't do that. <laughs> isn't that how in some restrooms? people get discovered in weird ways? You get ways? discovered, but not like that kind of discovery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be discovered like that. <laughs> don't be discovered, Alan. <laughs> I think that's called exposure, not discovery. Yeah, I think that's called <laughs> illegal. Or <laughs> so I want to ask like a really cheesy question, like what is family and how do we all stay together? But all it is is reminding me of this really awful date I went on with a guy who looked like Mr. Bean, who would like stare deeply into my eyes and ask questions like, "What is reality?" So anyway, what is family, guys? What is it? It's a choice. It is a choice. It's a choice. I I think families. I think families have it. Yeah, you can be blood related to somebody, but like, if you don't actually spend time together or talk to them, I mean. So your definition of family delineates between biological and how you maintain that family. Yeah, it does. Okay. I I think it's like performative. It's really funny. I was thinking about this. Like happiness itself is performative it's something you choose to do like you aren't just doesn't hit you one day and randomly you're happy like you choose to be in a moment whether you're doing something or not it's the same with family i feel like you choose to be with family or not and there are people who are really close to you that might as well be family that are not blood related and sometimes blood relations you know it's you may be related via dna but if there's not love there then it's i don't know it's just not the same so the love is the choice yeah the word itself though I mean, can spark so many things like going back to your guys' language episode. If you say something a certain way for a certain amount of time, either it could become something negative in your mind or something positive. So when you say family, I automatically think blood family and I want to say it like this family. <laughs> you know? Right, Jeff? I feel you on that one. <laughs> yes, Jeff's sister is now. When you say family, family, it's something so much better. Family. Yeah. I think of blood family, but of course, you start thinking of the other people that are close to you that might be friends, but hold a special, there should be a whole new word, something between friends and family. Framily. 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 I think it was a marketing campaign of some kind. Maybe performative is, is like wrong to say it, but maybe it's like a space for you regardless. Like it doesn't matter what, what has happened or who you are or what you've done or where you're at. Whenever you return the family, there's like a space for you and that's what family is you know what i mean i like that there's space for you isn't there a song about that there's a 
a space for you. That's from West Side Story. That's not the right word. I was All thinking I could of, think of Cheers. Was cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where everybody knows your name. See, I can't sing. That was great. You was can good, totally man. sing. I like no. that. Just not well. Sound like John Mellencamp or somebody. I tell people I sing sometimes. It's just not very. Alan has good. sang. Just go for it from the pulpit That's recently. True. Everybody. Yep. What did you sing? I forgot what it was. Some hymn, probably. Uh, yeah, we you are a family. couple lines <laughs> from something. <laughs> we are family. No. Did you wear disco pants? It was actually a, a kid crying when I started singing, and it soothed. Them yeah, you soothed the baby service. with your soothed voice. The baby. <laughs> Oh. It was Soothed impressive. Or Magic. confused the child so much that it's like, wait, confused. what is that? <laughs> but regardless, Shocked. such a beautiful moment that it was like, it doesn't, whatever he's saying has to be true because yeah. it's just, it, you know, it was lovely. So perfect. The baby reached enlightenment in that God moment. <laughs> a baby yeah. reached enlightenment. It became self aware. <laughs> Mom's uh, voice is very soothing. I learned how to sing from my mother, everyone, just so you all know. I would put you somewhere in like the Whitney Houston. Barbara Streisand range. I feel ya. Yeah, right? It's true. Sorry, I don't want to embarrass you. You look embarrassed. <laughs> Please still participate in this. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you sing us a blessing at the end or something. Mom, you were saying something really great on the way here about family. I loved what you said. Do you remember what it was? I was saying that it seems like it's it's an in- eternal, unbreakable bond. I mean, there's no way that she'll ever not be my daughter no matter what happens. And those of us who believe that we're joined with Christ in relationship, there's no way that we're, that can be broken. The scripture says nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's not demons, angels, powers, life, death, nothing. And I thought that's so cool. No matter how people let you down or how strained or how much a struggle it is to be in relationship with family, and sometimes we know it is, obviously. But You're looking at me when you said that. No, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, uh, but um, we're we're bonded in that way, and it's special, and it's always going to be that way. Is that sort of what I said? Yeah, that's totally what you said, and I like that word unbreakable. And I was I've been thinking about that since you said it, because um, I know, you know we were talking about how we've had a rough year, you and I, like getting along and agreeing. We we disagree on a lot of things, and that's fine. Just learning how to ha- have that unbreakable. Ab- underneath that disagreement or those differences is really hard to stay like thankful for what really does unite us is um that's maybe where the the choice to love or the choice to perform that love and and make sure that person knows that you value them and that you're there for them no matter what uh comes into play everyone changes and opinions will change and every year is different but the willingness and openness to be still a part of your own family like if that is there i feel like there's so much that could be said for that and a lot of promise it has to do with belonging i think where you feel at home but the reason they say there's no place like home is because it's where you feel you belong it's your people and i agree that it can be your non-blood relations that make you feel that way too but hopefully you feel that way with your blood relations because you kind of stuck with them for that's, a while. That's why I like to think of it as space is like there's, you know, a, a table that you're all sitting at and whether you're there or not, there's a space for you, you know, and whether somebody is disagreeing with you at that moment, it's something bigger than you two families like this thing you belong to belonging and space and that kind of thing. I like that. I like knowing the world's bigger than me <laughs> or bigger than my disagreements with people. 
Because how many people, if maybe you pick out one person in your family or extended family, I would never be friends with them or talk to them outside of this scenario. <laughs> but yeah, since they're my family, you know, there is that underlying bond for sure. I have heard people say, though, that like that gets very sentimental. Like, I have to spend time on these people just because we're somehow genetically tied, you know, and I wouldn't have chosen them. I mean, it's one thing if, like, they're hurting you and you need to stay away. But just, you know, they're they're not my preference of person to be around. Like, I don't know. And if you have, if you prefer to be around people who act more like family toward you who aren't blood related, like, that gets, I guess that gets a little complicated. Like, should we be loyal to people? people who are related to that we just don't like we don't like very much i don't know so you're saying outside of like a toxic relationship and something that's really hurting you emotionally and physically yeah that's a whole nother conversation setting that to the side yeah should you spend time with a family that you don't particularly enjoy if you don't just like them as people if they're just people i I honestly (laughs) think that that's what why family is like a a training ground for that kind of thing though you know, like we as human beings need to learn to be connected to people that we are different than. Um, otherwise, you just create a little bubble that gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you're by yourself for the rest of your life. Because technically, every single person you do like, there's probably something about them you don't. And if there isn't, you just haven't found it yet because like you will find something that you well, don't like. But there's a difference between I don't like this person and I don't like this aspect of them. Like this bothers me about them. Because I think it can sometimes be... Healthy. I mean, that's what Facebook's for, right? We can friend them and then block them. <laughs> they, they, they're my they family. Feel, they, they're my friend, but they're not in my feed. Exactly. They feel connected to us because we're friends, but we don't have to hear from them. It's perfect. <laughs> it's a beautiful invention. I guess I'm, I'm wondering uh, mostly about the loyalty thing. Like, do I stay loyal to people who are my blood relations who like... I'm not necessarily saying that I have these people in my family. I actually am so like hashtag blessed for my family. Oh, I totally hashtag blessed. <laughs> totally hashtag blessed. Um, you are, you but are. I do. I have a great family on both sides. Like it's just a group of great people. And but I know not everybody has that. And some people have family that they just can't stand being around. And and it's a constant struggle. So like, are we supposed to be loyal to people just because they're family? I have so many questions about this. I don't know. I think different cultures have different levels of loyalty. I think there's some cultures where they are fiercely loyal. I mean, they'll do stuff that maybe we wouldn't. Like, in, like for, for example, in my Caucasian family, you know, everyone keeps money to themselves, how much they make, how much they have in the bank. Nobody knows. You just don't talk about it. But there's other families that you have a need. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting in my savings and I'm getting you all I have and I'm going to meet that financial need for you because you're my, you're my family, you know? And so I, I think there's just different, it's, it's a, it's a virtue, but it's, it's like, what, what do you say? What would you say? It's more, um, an obligation. It's more emphasized in different families to be loyal to the, to the fault so you're saying loyalty itself is different from one family to another, what, what it and, looks like. And one family yeah. and maybe some one cult, from one type of culture to another. Grandparents in particular, like a lot of cultures, they wouldn't even think of sending the grandparents away. The grandparents come live with, at home yes. with the kids. Extended family. Yeah, extended family. Live just, together. Yeah. I think it depends how removed you are. So if it's like a uncle that you never see and you're only, I think probably there's a little bit of loyalty there. Like, not to go back to the Facebook thing, but really, like, there are people that in my family that are technically related to me that I've never met before, but I'll 
be a little bit more gracious with because I'm pretty picky with like friends lists and stuff. But I'll be a little more gracious and say, yeah, I'll 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 friend you or whatever and, and kind of let you into to my life because we're blood related. So there's probably something there that's you're just kind of like, well, sure, I'll I'll give you a little bit of of grace until you, you know, ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how the history of I mean, the family unit has, itself has evolved. And I mean, obviously, the way it, it looks like now in American culture compared to another culture hundreds of years ago and how it's gotten to that place maybe with consumerism or whatever, but obviously those things are so deeply inside of us being loyal to some sort of unit. I mean, going back is, is a part of survival. So if we don't, it's just a, maybe it's just a really convenient place to practice it and just to keep that. Cause if we have that desire to do that anyway, it's, you might as well do it to the people that are closest to you and, the people that have loved you and the people you're born into, you know, unless you have to choose another so-called pack. But yeah, that seems like it depends on where you live in the country too. Someone was telling me recently, I'll have to verify this fact. I should have looked it up, but like, I'm just going to forge ahead with this stat and just hope that it's true. <laughs> um, someone was telling me that the average of the average people, the average miles people live away from their parents in the U S is eight miles, which blew my mind. I mean, I live in a big city on the East Coast where everyone's really transient, and I don't know anybody who lives close to their parents. So maybe it depends on where you are located. That's and how LA is too. Nobody's oh, by yeah. here. No, yeah. I, I mean, my housemates are from the South, and I'm from California, and we live in the East Coast. So it's not, I don't know. So maybe it, it is, is cultural too, based on what you happen to be doing or where you're living. Jeff had a friend at a church that he worked at that I was kind of was a little bit jealous of who lived in the same house that his like father had lived in and his grandfather had built. And that's in California. Like I, I couldn't believe that that ever happened, but that's kind of cool that people stay really tight knit like that. Definitely not our experience. We moved away and around and, you know, we're cousins and all of our cousins have done that kind of scattered to the four winds. And yeah, but I think that's historically probably pretty um, unprecedented actually for people to be that transient mobile. Yeah, I think it's mostly technology based in the sense that before the family was in the same place and you didn't go much, but now we have the ability and the means to travel greater distances faster. And we not only just speculate about the world from like a one picture someone took, but we could get live streams from a different part of the world. So we can like broaden the ways and the places that we want to explore and go see. Like and, how many families probably this Thanksgiving or Christmas Skyped someone in? I mean, I know we had some we family like members on the TV. Morning, yeah. Like could be connected in new ways, even, even by being spread out. But you know, our, our specific family, we uh, have 16 cousins just on our grandparents or whatever. Our grandparents had six kids and they're 16 cousins. And we grew up, we're all within nine years of each other, all 16 of us. It's pretty amazing. And we grew up with like meeting together and doing little skits and doing stuff like that. Um, I created a secret Facebook group where I'm inviting all of the ki- all of these 16 not cousins. Not secret anymore. It's not secret anymore. Well, it's secret as in nobody else is invited. You, you can't join if you it. wanted to. Oh, you wouldn't not be able to find it. Unless you are a blood yeah. relation. Unless you're It's facebook.com slash Alan's family. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all that to say, they live in all different states, all different walks of life and ideas of, of how things happen. But we're in, I'm inviting them because I'm a middle child and this is what I do. I'm inviting them to hang out once every 10 years when we're all in the same century. So like right now we're, some of us are over 30. Some of us are you not. You mean decade? 
yeah, sorry. Do I say did I say century? <laughs> I always say century. In the same decade. 20s, so when we're all in our 30s. Twi- our thirties, we're gonna get together. There's like a two month window there. We're all in our forties, all in our fifties. And whether they come or not, there's gonna be a space for them at the table, even if it's an empty chair. With so you're picture. gonna have the chair set up and just yes. look at all the empty ones and Absolutely. frown. Yeah, when they we'll don't show up, make life size cutouts of them there sitting go. there <laughs> and talk to them as hey, if they are there. Maybe by the time you're in your 40s, they'll be what's it called? Like from Star Wars, the hologram. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would from totally Star hologram Wars. in. Even if I could be there hologram in person, in. I would hologram in because I feel like just because you could, you could all hologram. <laughs> well, okay, so our ancestors on that side of the family were from Ireland, and I think they left during the potato famine, right, mid 1800s. And I can't imagine, I'm just thinking about this right now, like how much we take for granted that technology and that ability to communicate across distance. Like, can you imagine just getting on a boat with your family for two months, maybe not even being sure all of you would make it. And the people you leave behind in Ireland, like you're probably never going to see them again. Like you're, you're literally like a, a giant limb off your family tree is just hacked off forever. Like you, you're, you yeah. know, that's, that's, well, that's be weird. Wild. That the, the majority of human history you traveled with that idea of we couldn't ever come back and die. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like when that, you just took to a trip, it was that. a one-way trip. Yeah, that's yeah. so yeah. Not, oh, strange. I'm actually, go on back the and grandma retire. side, on grandma side, they were actually Germans who moved to Russia to be farmers, and then they got forced conscripted into the military. So they fled from Russia to America because they didn't want to be conscripted into the army. I didn't anyway. know this. Yeah, we're amazing. deserters. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is America. Great. I, know, I know where my loyalties lie. <laughs> that's right to myself, to the farm, and to the family. Not. <laughs> Not yeah. to you and your So America is just a bunch of deserters. Probably. Yeah, basically. People who said no and to criminals. fascism. Bunch of rebels. But are now criminals. saying yes to it, but that's a different story. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we argue about politics? Isn't this, isn't this what family does? No? Yes? Cat, you're nodding yeah, what your is head. Family, what does <laughs> family mean to Let's you, talk Kat? about your family. <laughs> when was the last time you argued about politics, Cat? <laughs> I tend to keep my mouth shut about that because it never ends well for me and my family. <laughs> Yes, I am fortunate to come from a good family, and I also am a middle child, so I tend to be uh, the one that tries to smooth over when we get in debates about politics or religion or finances or whatever people argue about when they're with their family, Um, but I also have a larger extended family, um, but most of them have now moved out of state quite recently. Um, So our family gatherings used to be pushing 50, and now they're a lot smaller. So we did get to Skype in uh, a sister and her family for Christmas this year. But um, family's one of those things that, for me, expectation plays such a huge role in how I experience family because I always come with this expectation that I'm going to have like some nice intimate conversation with someone. But when you have 50 people in a room, that usually doesn't happen. And then to be quite honest, I usually leave those family gatherings feeling somewhat alone and disappointed because I went into the gathering with this expectation that there was going to be some connection there. So, you know, families are really difficult Thing, even when you come from a good one. And Jeff and I talk all the time about me having some realistic expectation when I go to a family gathering because the blow when you leave isn't quite so bad if, if you didn't expect to actually 
uh, talk to somebody. So he while sits you, were you there, down and says, "Cat, don't connect there, with people. They're not going to look you in the eyes for more than two minutes each." Yes, I, <laughs> I sit her down like she's a child and say, "Listen here, <laughs> listen here, honey. You know, you need to listen to your I didn't husband." Say he talks at me. We have a discussion <laughs> because you know I can get really in my head, and that's why it's important to have people, partner, somebody in your life that can help you not get too much into your head when it comes to family stuff because it's really easy to just bring your own baggage into every time your family gets together and then leave feeling worse than you felt when you got there. And, um, you know, you just did an episode not too long ago about loneliness. And sometimes being with your family is the loneliest place you can be, which is a sad thing but I don't think I'm alone in that experience unfortunately this is making me think of my little sister that's so interesting that you said that and I that seems to ring true I think because we we look forward to these times so much a lot of times and then they come and they're like not what we built them up to be in our heads maybe so I have three sisters and the youngest sister is much younger than the rest of us I really hope she doesn't kill me for telling the story I think it'll be fine um, but growing up she was always kind of left out um, of all the stuff. So we all went away to college and she was still at home for several years. So almost like an only child, you know, second family kind of a thing. Um, so she would get so excited when we would all come home from school. She would just look forward to it for days and days and get really worked up with excitement. So by the time we got there, she would just burst into tears because she was already expecting us to leave and be sad about it. So she would just sob and we'd be like, what's wrong? She's like, you guys are going to leave already. We're like, we just got here. And we're like, what is wrong with you? So she would just be completely and utterly overwhelmed by our presence there, you know, and we, we didn't have the same experience because we're off just doing our thing in college and we're just kind of living our life. And, and she, she took it really hard for, for that to happen all the time. So um, but it made me think of what you said, Kat, is that sometimes, yeah, it just, it's not, I don't know, like, it's like you have like an itch in your soul that needs to be scratched or something by like that deep familial connection and, and intimacy. And then you like somehow don't get it or something. And then that's a really big disappointment. That's such an interesting point. The expecta- expectations that are brought, even if it's 20 people all coming to the same place at the same time, one, one person might be expecting some acceptance one person, maybe even retribution, one person love, one person. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Obviously, it's going to fail in some form or you're going to leave not getting something fulfilled. So how do you how do you still be involved in that and take pleasure and connection when you may not be fulfilling your expectation? For me personally, that was the biggest thing about family growing up with 16 cousins is that I was taught that I wasn't the center of the universe. That's what I left like feeling because I had more expectations than anybody probably in the family. Um, I built things up in my mind and I need other people pretty, pretty badly. And I always had those moments. Oh, speaking of family. <laughs> Hi. Speaking of family. What's up, ladies? You want to say hello to everyone? Yes. Do you want to do you want to say hi? <laughs> She's getting podcast shy. Yeah. Before she was talking up a storm on that microphone. Stoked. Yeah. I should probably say hello, buddy, at some point. Well, so all I was saying was that um, 
learning that your expectations don't always meet reality in family is the place to do it. I mean, you're still loved by those people, even though you're not the center. And that's like a very powerful thing. When you teach kids that they are the center all the time, it like you set them up for failure and narcissism and all sorts of things later on in life. Well, yeah, but we all have needs though. Like family is a, a big need. For I think it's that rhetoric of the center. Like you, it's it, that, that rhetoric says you're either the center or you're nothing. And that doesn't have to be that way. Like that idea of like, first of all, I'm the opposite. The, ex- the thought of being the center of anything is exhausting and I would never want to do that. Um, but that idea, like when we, when, when Kat was talking about going to family gatherings and everything, I'm the opposite. I have like expectation. Like if I could just talk to one person and have one good conversation and then hide out the rest of the time and no one else wants to talk to me, that's a good night, you know? So it's like, it's trying to find that balance and know where I can connect and how I can do that. But that idea of, of being the center, maybe I think anyone who takes the center or is left out of the center, I think maybe that, those two actions alone almost discount the whole idea of family is that the, the idea is that the family is in the center and how do you balance those relationships and allowing everyone to feel as though they are an equal part of that whole. And that seems to be, I don't know, maybe the goal of, of what it is when we gather in families. And if there, if maybe if there's an idea or a feeling that there is a center in the first place, then there needs to be a reevaluation in that situation. My family, it kind of goes to the opposite side of the pendulum. So we are all together, not very often. And when we finally do come together all in person, we'll sit around kind of grinning at each other in the same room for the first time, like all year. And, and we'll be like, someone will be like, you guys, we should make a memory. I'll be like, yeah, we should, we should, we should have some quality time. That's meta right there. <laughs> and we just sit around like looking at each other, but like no one wants to like put forth an idea. Like, we're, like none of us are, we're just so overwhelmed with the being together part that we're like, let's, let's have quality time. I don't know. It's so cheesy. Look at us. We're all by the fire. Yeah. We, should, we should do a craft. Yeah, we totally do. Let's color. Let's make a memory. So I feel like I'm the only one in my family that does that. Like everybody else you is try doing to, stuff. Try and to then do I'm it like, and then you, let's they, all stop you get and think about weird. this moment and let's enjoy it. And everybody's like, dude, you need What's to calm down. <laughs> yeah, you just killed any moment got, that would have happened. I get laughed happening. at sometimes. It's true. I can totally see. I'm that the one happening. that's like, we are having a moment, and then everybody, you know, it's like walks moments away. over things. Really if sad. many eye rolls come out after that <laughs> sentence, then I don't know if it's true. Why do we get so weirded out by that kind of sentimental cheesiness, though? I don't know. Well, because it leads to things like uh, you were you were actually Skype. You were a video was sent in, but Grandpa's 80th birthday. I got up to talk to him and just started bawling like a little baby. And nobody wants to see a grown man cry on stage. It's really, I do. It's, it's uncomfortable. Inter- it's entertaining. It is. Well, I, for everybody else. I, was, for I me, didn't it was mean totally that it was fine. entertaining. I'm, I'm snarky I because I, now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 no, but I think we should be allowed to emote affection for each other, right? Like, why is that threatening? I don't know. It's going to take a dark turn, but I always, every time I go to a funeral and I listen to people stand up and say all these great things about a person, I'm always like, why don't we celebrate somebody's life like that when they're alive and they can hear them and know that that's how people feel. And that's one thing that about our culture that has always really bothered me. And I feel like at some point in everyone's life, they should have some type of celebration like that where people can get up and say what they really think and feel yeah. genuinely. And the person gets to hear it because 
they don't get to hear it when they're gone. And if you can't build something like that, you as an individual just start telling people how you feel about them. Make it awkward. How and many you know times it's only aw- have you heard? I've never said this to their face, but like, know, okay. why haven't so that's you told the joke. them that? Uh, there's an episode of The Office where uh, the secretary like leaves to go get something and he turns to t- like the boss talks to someone. He's like, I would never say this to her face, but she's an amazing worker. And she does. <laughs> <laughs> and someone's like, why, why, would, why, why would you say that to her face? What's wrong with you? But it's so true. That's how it is. People don't. You know what? Even in conflict, sometimes like. People talk to me and I'm counseling them and they'll say like, what I really want to tell them is this and this and this. And I just like stop and go like, you probably should. <laughs> like, why did you say exactly what you just so said? We grew up having the forced thankfulness game for for birthdays. So if it was someone's birthday, everyone went around in a circle and said what we loved and were the thankful. Encouragement game. The encouragement game. <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, that's, it's yeah, not forced right. thankfulness, it's Mona. The it's the encouragement it's the game. Encouragement so for game. their birthday, like we'd have <laughs> to go right. in a circle and be like, I'm encouraging this person and I'm thankful. For, I mean, and every time we'd be like, no, don't make us. It's so cheesy. But by the end, we're done. And like everyone's just grinning at each other. <laughs> and amazing. they're so happy. But those practices, you, you ask, why can't we all just sit around and enjoy one another and say those things about one another? If you're not in practice of doing that and mindful, I mean, since, since you guys were young, you've, you've, you're saying you were taught you weren't the center of the universe. You were taught to appreciate one another and say good things about one another. Like those things need to be instilled and talked about in, in more of an open manner and from a young age. Or it, it's really difficult when you're old, right? You, so you're you're saying exactly what I mean by performative family being performative. If you're not practicing that stuff, yes, it feels forced. But if you don't do it, it's you're not going to do it. I mean, like it may feel you, you may think like someday I'm going to talk to people and tell them what I really think about them. If it just comes upon me and it's totally genuine and they're going to appreciate it, that day will never come. If you don't try, if you don't practice that stuff when you don't, you know, it, it, it may feel less genuine, but that's not true. It's, you know, who is the best person in the world at this? She's sitting in this room. My mommy. mommy She's mommy. the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always said I have one fan and it's my mother. She's She always calls me all these wonderful things like my shining star. And I always enjoyed going to your house because in a closet somewhere, you guys wrote down stuff she said that's like really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the wall of mom. Even before Facebook, they decided that they would keep a running record of all the outrageous zany things I say. <laughs> I, I guess it's I'm not amusing. It's not our fault you're ridiculously quirky and funny. It's so, so great. Just... <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but you're so good at encouraging people, Mom, and just being like, this is what I like about you. And like, I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I'm going to yeah. say it anyway. <laughs> you did do that to me when I was younger. I'm your nephew. And I had some of those moments where I was like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Good <laughs> she's looking in my eyes and saying something she likes about me. Like, it was really uncomfortable. But it I've was felt that even as a preteen and teenager going over to your guys' house. So, what? An adult is saying something nice and encouraging <laughs> to me? What's this feeling? <laughs> I like it. I'm chasing it. How do you do it, Mom? What's your secret? Tell us everything. <laughs> Just awareness. Is Don't you love the word awareness? It's like 90%, you know, just being able to step back out of the content and and observe the moment that's happening and look at the person and just I think I put a tribute to my dad on Facebook recently because he would have been a hundred years old the other day on December tenth and um he taught me to appreciate it but to be able to express it you first have to notice it we have to notice you have to be aware and you have to let your heart just bubble up with the joy and the thankful and the gratitude for what that is and realize that that person needs whoever says. 
oh no, don't encourage me anymore. I've I've had enough of that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You Kat, can't get Kat had a friend back in the day much. that would say that. She would say, stop, stop, stop. Okay, okay, okay. Give me some more. Give me some more. And I'm thinking about something our dad always says. He's love me, love my dog. That's what he says all the time. Like, you know, that's from grandpa. That's from grandpa. I was going to say your dad doesn't have a dog. I'm confused. Well, yeah, that's I think that's from grandpa. I think it's an old French saying, actually. But love me, love my dog. It's like, you, if you're going to love me, you have to love everything uh, uncomfortable also about my personality. Even it's like a, an annoying dog that like yips you know, it's and really and funny. Barks and... He and grandma fought over having a dog <laughs> later on in his life. <laughs> yeah, <know>? sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I guess t- like it's if you're going to uh, sit and appreciate and acknowledge someone and be grateful for them, you can also acknowledge that they have a dog that you Absolutely. don't like. Yeah. But it doesn't have to cloud the other things. Like you can hold both of those things together in paradox. And But that's, you can, but it's super hard. Sometimes you look at a person and all you see is the things you don't appreciate. You just see their dog. And, like, <laughs> and, and, and you feel like, it's, this is actually really interesting. This is a debate I've had with my family. Like affirming someone doesn't mean you're affirming everything else that they're about. Like I can go up to somebody and say like, I really appreciate this about you. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, saying everything you do is completely okay with me. But um, loving people, even though you disagree is, is hard sometimes. Cause you feel like you have to, I feel like this way on uh, social media all the time. If I like somebody, it's almost like I'm saying I like everything they've ever done or said, or I you can't know, ever like will their status because I really don't like them as a person. Yes. There are some people that I really do not appreciate very deeply, but they'll say something and it's like, that's really good, but it's them. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't support I can that because I can click the like. You know what I mean? What you said is just true, right? Yeah. I'm gonna unfriend you guys on Facebook now. And our horrible Facebook users. <laughs> I like I rent a cast, but man, sometimes they say things that just don't sit with me. You know? And I should hope so. Right? I really don't. It's really our goal don't. to make people uncomfortable. Well, some people need to be uncomfortable. We all do. A but I, I think that there's a lot of truth to that, that idea of, I don't think we do well with layers anyway for people, you know? One, we do it in our, the way that we vote, you know, and the way that we interact with everything. Like one person does something wrong or bad, then it's, we can't admit that there's any other part of them that's good. And I, I don't know. I think that's just maybe, uh, I don't know what that is, but yeah, I think there's a lot. Do you think we're all frustrated perfectionists or what? I think probably, I think it's easier to do that the closer we are to the person, but the more distance we have from that person, the quicker we are to criticize and discount the whole of the person for just a part. But sometimes it is the person close to us who has that one thing that we can't get past and it blocks us from really being close to them maybe too. But I think you're right. It is easier to like demonize and write someone off if we don't have vested interest in like being in their space and looking them in the eyes and like caring for them and it's hard for me not to just like descend into saying let's love every single person and treat everybody like family and draw a wider circle around the whole world. Okay, and, but earlier, Cause I really do feel like that earlier really when we were talking about family, like blood ties versus like adoptive family. Basically I was thinking about, Oh my gosh, I'm going to talk about the Bible again, Alan, you're going to be so happy. <laughs> There's a lot of Bible verses that, that talk about how, um, like families will be divided and like there's a new family, you know, it's like, what do you think about mm-hmm. that idea that that new family is all inclusive? The new family. That's all why inclusive. I work where I work and what I say, what I say is I do believe that God drew a line wider than one tribe. Like that's the whole story of the Bible is there was one tribe and it got blown up as a whole world. Like it not, that's a really poor <laughs> whole try again, really bad. Try again. Let's try again. So it, the circle got drawn much wider 
to different tribes, different people who spoke different languages, people disagreed, had different beliefs, and it brought people together. Um, and I really do believe that that's what God's in the business of doing. So that's that's how I see like humanity is moving away from tribalism to something that, but for some people that's threatening because it's like, well, no. Anyway, the idea is that there's space, right? Family is their space. I feel the same way in religion is there's space for people at the table, regardless of who they are or what they're like. Unbreakable space. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like that. that's kind of joking, but I really do feel like that's what I extend to all human beings, not just family. Sometimes we talk about, it was really funny. Sometimes I hear people in my own family say like, man, we're so great. We're such a great family. And I like throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, I, for, for me, I'm like, we, we can congratulate ourselves, but like being a family is, is fantastic. And saying you have a great family, being loyal to them is great. Being loyal to your nation is great, right? Like, oh, we, we have such a great country and we're really loyal to each other. That's fantastic. But until you really do embrace all people as if they were family, as if you would be preferential and give them space and listen to them or open up your bank account for somebody who's maybe doesn't have anything to offer you or won't ever be connected to you. Like you're, you're falling short of the potential of what you could be as a human being. Um, I feel that so deeply and it sounds so cheesy that I just hold it in (laughs) and don't share it all the time. But But isn't it funny how the more we've come to a place where we feel like what Jesus came to offer is that unconditional love to all people, the more people shut us out of their life because they feel like that unconditional love is only for certain people. And if you say that Jesus really did come for everybody and that that circle is drawn a lot wider than we may think that it is, that you get pushed out of other people's circles. I think that the irony in that is just... Well, that's why it becomes problematic when you're the strength of your community or family unit or whatever, you're bound by who you're against or what you disagree with. And that's why you're saying, you know, it's not going to hold together if one person is saying we should, no, we should accept these people. No, we should reach out to those people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what tribalism is. We, you form tribes based on who you're not and who you don't accept. It's true. So how do you accept people who are like, in radical disagreement with you. That is the great question for me of family and faith. I don't have an answer. I'm working on it. I'll Stay have tuned one. next week for <laughs> the end. No. We will figure but it out. But that's kind of what this podcast is too, is creating space for us at the table and for other people who disagree um, to fully be ourselves, to actually say what we believe, you know, very forwardly instead of feeling like we have to hold it back and, um, you believe in the mission of the uh, church as being to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, absolutely. love it. Yes. Very true. That preaches. It does preach. I think that was originally said about art, by the way. <laughs> Probably. Maybe the same thing. But hey, but, yeah. but originally art and religion weren't totally disconnected in the past, right? So when that was said, it was probably religious art. We'll find the quote. We'll <laughs> I think it was 20th no, century, I, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably. I think that idea that you're talking about, Alan, that I, or, and Mona, the, the question you're asking is, so how do we get to a place to accept someone that we vehemently disagree with? And I think part of that is letting go of that idea that... Because there's, there's kind of a thought behind that, that my relationships are all about 
weeding things away through conversations so that I can get them to be more like me, <laughs> you know? And I think that that's probably all of us, maybe we have that tendency is to want to make sure that we're convincing someone of our opinion and changing minds as opposed to when our conversation, when our conversations happen, having this openness of, I want to understand. And I think part of it is, is the questions we ask. I think sometimes we hear something so offensive and we want to react and we want to talk about that. And I think one of the ways that we can do is start, start with just asking questions, like find out why they're so like, well, why that issue, why you're so passionate about that. And then maybe there's a story or an incident. And if we can connect it to something that we can relate to, then maybe we can understand the path that they went on to get there and recognize I'm probably not going to change their mind because that event was so powerful for them. But at least I can understand a little bit more. And that might be a good place to start is recognizing that we're all on a journey with someone and that maybe that asking that question is assuming that we're expecting a destination as opposed to just walking. But that means, but for some people, their personhood is their message that they want to convince other people of. Yeah, but appre- you know what I mean. But practicing pr- appreciation and gratitude, I think, brings us back to the humanity that is underneath all the ideas and all of the opinions and all of the beliefs. At the end of the day, that stuff, that stuff doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people. Together. You can affirm someone's personhood yeah. outside of everything that they believe. Yeah, and I think your your do. belief structure will t- definitely contribute to how you treat them. And and how you see them, but and there's still boundaries and all that. Like, yeah. there's some people you can't accept in the sense that we're thinking of like this big old harmony where we're all there. There are people who are always going to be combative and they're always trying to convince you that they're right. And there's that point where we just have to set that boundary and say, "I'm not going to have these conversations anymore." But I'll still affirm them fault. as a human being. Let's still let's just be humans together. That's yeah. it. That's I'll good. still affirm them. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes humans need to be separated. I have two toddlers. Sometimes they need to be separated. <laughs> you know, and sometimes we can act that way. And separation. It's it's a it's sometimes a, a tool that we need to remain healthy. And if we can't have a healthy relationship with someone, then at least we can create a healthy space for ourselves. The problem is, is I totally agree. Living in the real world, there has to be that as an option. But when that's the status quo, when removal and barrier and disconnection is already assumed, and like you only let people in if they meet these certain standards, like that's. That's I agree. I think that's jumping to the end. Yeah. I think that there so needs that, to be the that, attempt for like reconciliation, a, yeah. but there needs to be the expectation and the real expectation that reconciliation is not always going to happen. In fact, there are some situations that some people do to us that recon- they've they've chosen not to have reconciliation in that particular instance. Um, you know, a violent crime or a molestation or something like that. Like you go really into that other area. There are certain things that do not. You can't, there's no reconciliation for it. Yeah. You can't do that. And, and affirming people's personhood is different than yeah. supporting and their bad behaviors. maybe with all of the disagreements and all the brokenness, it's um, the most amazing thing is that the ideal of family still endures in everyone's hearts. So I think wherever, <laughs> wherever you are with your family, whether you've had a positive experience or a negative experience, uh, that doesn't mean that family is out of grasp for anyone um, that may be listening. And uh, and you may need a surrogate one, but yeah. they're just as powerful. Just as valid. Yeah, surrogate families are just as valid and just as important. A space where you belong. A space that is a place where you can be. And there's a space here for you on our podcast in this living room right now. There's an empty chair. Come on over. 
Actually, there's two empty chairs. Well, and if you can't find if you can't find people maybe to make a space for you and their surrogate family, create a surrogate family and make a space for somebody else. Absolutely. Try to give people what That's you have good. not yeah. gotten. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week and and uh, walking into the the threshold of our home and enjoying a family conversation. <laughs> the heart. Uh, if you if you want to comment and uh, about the, anything we mentioned, or if you want to share a little bit about your family traditions or stories from your family, you can do that in the comments at irenacast dot com slash forty three. Uh, so before we close out, does anyone have any final thoughts or words? for i guess the subject of family or anything i love you guys thanks for being my family you took mine <laughs> i could see it it's true in your head. that's exactly what i was thinking just thank you thank you for supporting us even though we put you all on blast constantly <laughs> on our podcast and talk about you and share you with the wider world as a person that loves all three of you very much it is so fulfilling to see you guys happy and really thriving in this and i'm so proud of all the effort and that you guys have put into it it was only an idea in jeff's little mind a little spark no but seriously i love hearing your conversations and i'm so glad the world can experience the three of you a little more so i love you too thanks oh yes i'm gonna say kk we have a new host well said well said any last words Kat Uh, I've just been thinking through the course of the conversation about how the way Jesus interacted with people created that surrogate family for people who were on the outside I don't know why but I keep going back to the woman with the issue of blood and how powerful it was that Jesus came and touched her and or allowed her to touch him and how he stopped everything to give this woman attention and how important it is for us as family to be aware when uh, maybe there's somebody in our circle that needs that attention and love. If we're not getting it, like Mona said, be the one to give it and make sure that we're aware of family and surrogate family in our life that need that connection and love and attention uh, to be Jesus to them. I like that. You didn't drop your mic. I was waiting for it. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> You're all wonderful. Oh, oh, thank you. It's a privilege to be here. She has to say that she's your mo- mother. You have and, to say that. My You're aunt. my mother. And That's your right. aunt. But I appreciate it. She was You're looking obligated. in my eyes again. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but yet so fulfilled at the same That's time. That's right. <laughs> this yeah, is, this so is fun having guests. We should have more guests. I, I like it. I like a little, you guys should come back on again. I like sitting on the same couch as Jeff. Makes me feel good. Yeah, we're sitting next to each other. That's We've true. been holding hands the whole time. There's actually <laughs> enough space between us for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> They've been mingling their tears. They like collect their tears mm. and put them in the same jar and while bottle. they hold hands. I've just been miming lectures to Alan, putting his <laughs> mic up. <laughs> he keeps like looking at me like you're just doing a big wrong. control freak. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us this week. And uh, we're headed into the new year for some new episodes and new topics for the show. So please give us feedback at irenacast.com slash feedback. Let us know what you like to hear. Would you like us to tackle some more theological issues? Would you like us to kind of touch on some more uh, <laughs> pop culture or social issues or anything like that? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're, we're talking and we're kind of planning for the coming of the year anniversary, which is coming up in March. We'll, we'll have been a whole year doing the podcast. So um, 
we're we're gonna hopefully do something fun for that but we're 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 planning right now so again give us feedback at arenacast.com slash feedback and there you can find all the ways to get a hold of us so for this last podcast of 2015 headed into 2016 i'm jeff i'm mona and i'm alan i'm kat i'm mona's mom i'm vic vicky's sister friend what else did i say <laughs> lover oh lover <laughs> vicky Thanks for joining the conversation. What's my choice name? Chubby, Lemmy, Chubby, Lemmy. Whoa.